We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you get used to it. Never get used to it here. All right. Thank you for joining the SBC podcast, sports betting podcast. Well, the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. I say that for the purposes of authenticity because we're getting lied to and gaslighted uh, all the time by everyone. It started with our parents with Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, neither of which exists, and then went on for that, right? Things for our own good, things. We're going to lie to you now because you're not ready for it. We'll tell you when you're an adult. And now you're an adult. Now you don't even want to know what the hell happened all those years past. Same thing happens with the government, the school. In uh, sports betting, you can't have that. Sports betting, you got to deal with reality, right? So part of reality in business, I have an MBA. I have securities licenses. I have wealthy clients, right? And it's never easy. It always gets complicated. Complicated finance is more than two things. So, like Van Halen said, right? Eddie Dan Van Halen's dead. That shows how old I'm getting. You got to roll with the punches just to get to what's real. And we got a great motivational Monday with Jim Clementry. They remind me of the old fable of the kid in Wall Street. Kid starts first day in Wall Street. Dad worked hard to get into Wall Street. He graduates school, Gordon. He goes to Wall Street. Dad calls him on his first day and says, Son, how was your first day? He's like, Dad, it was a good first day. But it just seems, seems like everybody's out to get me. He's like, Son, it doesn't seem like everybody's out to get you. Everybody is out to get you, right? So Hawthorne effect, do it with all the clients, but most importantly, I do it with myself. Been married for 17 years. My wife's a psychotherapist. She does it to me. You have to be focused on reality, especially with sports betting. Sports betting, you're getting lied to, right? Adam Scheffner lies to you and says, I'm Adam Scheffner, a journalist. No. You're Adam Scheffner, PR rep for the National Football League because you're running your stories. This is an illegal proceeding. I'm not making this up. This is an illegal proceeding where Adam Scheffner had to say, yes, I run my stories with the general managers before they get to you. The same way Kellyanne Conway runs her stories to Trump before she says something or McInerney. Jen Psaki, right? Jen Psaki, press secretary. She runs her story through Jill and Biden and Kamala Harris before she talks to you. They're PR reps. So it's not reality, right? So to that end, whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. On top of that, to get an edge on the casino captain, the sports book, captain who adjusts the lines when he gets the lines and i got a great article on lines i'm going to post it on there where the lines come from they come from lefty rosenthal and his company now the same guy from casino right 
played by uh, De Niro, based on a true story. That's where the lines come. The casino captain adjusts the lines. Now you have supercomputers adjusting the lines. And you got analytics through the big, bigger casinos. So they're competing against you. You're competing against other bettors. You, you're competing against time, right? Time you have to do research on bets, so on and so forth. So to that end, to make, actually this week we did phenomenal because it was so crazy. This week is going to be even crazier because of changing times, right? Every week's different, but you have to track and you have to measure and you have to confront your own feelings. 80% of the people in jail are in jail. They're saying now because of unresolved feelings, they're not facing. Sometimes they're horrible feelings. If they were raped, if they saw their mom being murdered, that's hard feelings to confront. They don't confront them. They have this anger. They commit a crime. Thankfully for us, it's not that dramatic. Us is bad decision-making. So in business, especially when you're poor middle class, you have to make very, very good decisions 80% of the time without having all the information. So when we make picks, we're not designing game plans. We're not necessarily in the locker room, right? We're making decisions without having all the information. However, we get as much information as possible before making a decision so we can make our best decision. And knowing there's a 20% luck factor. So two things before we start. Number one, confront. When you are wrong, you have to confront to yourself. You know what? I was wrong. I was stupid. In that I was emotional, right? We make bad decisions when we let our emotions rule our actions, right? Or whatever bias you might have. There's unconscious bias. There's, there's conscious bias. There's racial bias, there's age, there's all kinds of biases. And I have pretty much all of them, right? So you have to check them. You have to check your biases and your feelings. You have to confront your feelings, feel embarrassed, feel humiliated, feel like you're stupid. You have to confront all those things and get down to it. Number two is differentiate between bets you got wrong because you did not do enough research, because you got emotional, because you allow one of your biases to influence your decision, right? So you overvalue things. Or was it the 20% luck factor? So another part of it is making sure you have people around you that are smarter, tougher, have a different perspective, maybe live in a different part of the country. Maybe it's younger than you are. So to that end, thank you. We have Chad. Right, Chad uh, Nolan, college football player, CFL veteran. Now he's playing, starring, playing for your Las Vegas Knights Arena Football League. And you might see him in the NFL. He's probably better. I'll say that right now. You can put Chad on Tampa Bay, Detroit. <laughs> and he couldn't do any worse. <laughs> right, yeah. but he'd probably do a lot better. Right, probably get his anger in on a hit somewhere. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining the chat. And then we have um, Scott Cole, man, fantasy expert, makes you money in fantasy, right? But he coached basketball for 20 years, so he knows the competitive side of it. Thank you guys for joining me and figuring out this week as we'll go through every loss. Yep, yep. Happy to be here, man. I can't wait for uh, 
Scott's input on basketball season this year on college basketball, man, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to take that percentage even higher in basketball season. Now we got Scott on the team. Yeah, because he doesn't bet it, so he can just give us analysis of what he sees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, also, too, I, I got some breaking news from Las Vegas for the, for the NFL community. Uh, Henry Ruggs was involved in a car accident this morning that were, he got charged with a DUI resulting in death. He actually killed someone that he hit this morning. We were and, fearful of that. And you know what? This is the Raiders bye week. They had to report to the facility yesterday. They were giving today off of their bye week. So he went out last night on his day off today, had himself a good night because he didn't have to do anything today, had all day to recover. And that's not a good timing for if I'm the prosecuting attorney looking at the timeline here. <laughs> it looks like you had a day off. So you, know, you had practice in the morning. I, I might give you the benefit of the doubt that you're drunk, but since it's your bye week and that was your day off, not looking good for Henry Ruggs, say that. I have a feeling I was in Vegas a couple a month ago, beginning in September for my football stuff, that he was on the strip someplace having a good time till late at night, a few drinks, couple friends, probably gambling. Got in the car, I saw a picture of the cars, totally they're gone. Both cars are totaled. So had to be drunk driving. Some of these guys, young guys, can't handle the money and the fame and the fortune. I mean, he, he's only 22 years old. I mean, yeah. This is just a, yeah. We all make mistakes, man. This is just a kid made a mistake. I right. really, really pray for him and hope that, uh, you know, this this isn't something that it you know ruins his career, his future. Because you know, I I got a DUI when I was 19 years old. You know, I didn't get an accident or kill anyone. I mean, you know, but I was young and dumb and thought I was invincible and untouchable. You know, I learned real quick. You know, now here I am. 27 you know i've never never done that again my whole life yeah, no it, it's better to be lucky than good and that's one of the reasons i want to take the uh, nfl agent test you pay 1600 dollars and you take a test in june maybe this june or maybe in june after that because if that's josh's chad's and scott's client that doesn't happen right because exactly. we already would have read him the riot act Right when he chooses us to represent him, uh, you know, one of the jobs I had. So, you know how, you know, they put out a job and they put stuff in there. And then when you get to the job, job description, it's totally different than the job description. It's totally different what they told you in the interview. So uh, getting through college, dispatching trucks at AAA, I ended up also working at a uh, storage facility. And it ended up being that on Sundays he had to pay uh, $1,000 a week. And you had to be in the football pool against the spread. So my job ended up being they put me in the pool. I only had to pay 500 bucks. And basically I was paid 500 bucks to be the designated driver to these wise guys um, people who were part of the Bonanno family, who were dealing with the Trafficante family in Tampa. This was about, Jesus, 28 years ago. And I was a designated driver because none of those guys wanted to be driving around drunk. If he's our client, guys, yes or no, we would have read him the riot act to have a designated driver, an Uber person, drive him home getting drunk. 
That's exactly what I was about to say. I was going to say, man, to all my homeboys out there, get an Uber. <laughs> or you don't want the publicity? Get a designated driver. Get somebody. Be sociable. Know someone you can trust or that you're paying. In my case, I was being paid because these people did not want to be driving, did not want to be pulled over. Do not commit two two crimes at the same time. That's that what I learned when I lived in the hood. And Do the other thing is two crimes at the same time. You're already drunk and you're driving. Yeah. Right. And now you're speeding. That's two crimes at the same time. You have some weed in the car. You have something. Weed might be legal. You have some coke in the car. You have some molly in the car. That's two, three crimes at the same. You never commit two crimes at the same time. So and two points. And two points. One is every NFL town or every state in the United States has temptations and bad things going on. This right. is Las Vegas. This right. is more susceptible to that. And the second point is nothing good happens at 3 a.m. in the morning. Nothing. Yeah, right. And again, I did the preface. Unless it's indoors and you're with uh, Urban Myers Slots. But you know, no, exactly. That's what my parents told you. Nothing, nothing good yeah. happens at three in the morning, especially if you're not if you're not getting ahead of the game and not taking risks, taking unnecessarily unnecessary risks. Us in sports betting, we mit- we do risk mitigation, minimize the risk. And this part of the process is minimizing the risk. Going through a process when you improve 10 to 20%. So, you know, I think, and, they, and these girls do that in LA, and I want to get in contact with them because uh, they were trying to get in contact with Anna. She's a psychotherapist, but there's this all girl. Uh, law firm that decided to be a sports agency in LA and they have let's say Chad Chad's the trainer right uh, Scott's a sports guy I'm the wealth management you have somebody else uh, you know be the agent right Chance is the agent and then and as a psychotherapist where you know people are going through um, I think it's everybody, especially in sports. I think you have to have a therapist. You have to have at least uh, uh, a lady I follow on LinkedIn, um, Hannah Huseman. She's a mental coach for the Philadelphia Phillies, right? Where you have to have someone saying, hey, uh, really, I mean, look at Urban Meyer, look at uh, John Gruden, right? You need people in the organization. Uh, making sure that people know that common sense is not so common. <laughs> and people make stupid mistakes, especially if they're ruled by emotions, right? Uh, there's probably a girl involved, right? Jimmy Buff, some people say <laughs> there's a woman to blame. <laughs> but I know it's my, my uh, own damn fault, right? So uh, Listen, I saw it in the basketball court time and time again. 20 years yeah. emotions get the best of you when you make decisions that are not best for you on the court and off the court so it happens it it, it happens it ha- and, you know and i have to check myself because yeah. there's a space between the emotion and see uh it's the thought 
right? And it kind of yeah, taught me this the last 10 years. You first think it, and then the emotion comes. And then there's a space, and you have to, it's not as easy as it sounds. You have to recognize it and then screw up. And then you do a Hawthorne effect on yourself, and you say, oh, okay, when this happens again, I have the thought, then, then that is really by the third or fourth time is when you start doing good, where you stop yourself instead of acting or saying, uh, for me, it's my mouth, right? I'll say a smart ass thing and it might sometimes be the right, usually it's the right thing to do in business, right? Because you come off as a real asshole, as really somebody who's going to come at you. But in your social life, it's the complete wrong thing to do. What's ever really good for business is wrong thing to do socially and vice versa, you know? Uh, and, and before we start the Jim Coventry thing, I second yeah. that. I watched it yesterday. It is great. It is oh, it great. Is. It is great. He did a phenomenal job with it. So right. The last I highly two, recommend it. Last two. What, what is it? I it's recommend a, it's a fantasy? Two or three times. Two no, no, it's a motive. It's a motivation. Uh, oh, it's motivation like a, Monday. It's like a okay. three-minute clip. Of mo- he gives a motivation talk on, on something. And yesterday's um, thing was, the world wants negativity. There's right. a lot of negativity in the world, and you need to try to break through that and find the positive and everything. And it was phenomenal. I enjoyed it a lot. Right. Oh yeah. And it's multi-layered. I, I'm like Jim. I wrote Jim. You put like ten things in there. The last two one, the one for last month as well. And I'll yep. make sure they're in the group on on the website. It has like 10 things just packed, packed, packed at you, which is right because, I mean, if he would have listened to Motivation Monday and been listening to it, he would, he would, he would, he would been ahead of the situation, would have had an Uber, would have had, um, and also choosing the right girl, right? He was with a, a girl who, who didn't help him on, on that situation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, get out of that situation. Yeah, Same I'll thing say with Deshaun Watts. You guys are giving great, great advice for all the youngins out there because if I would have listened to you guys, I would have avoided my DUI completely because I was committing two crimes. I was speeding with Josh. <laughs> right, right, right. And the other one that Scott said, it was 3.30 in the morning. Right. So uh, I think that's really, that's really, really great advice, man. And, and another, another statistic too is, you know, I think they say before you get your first DUI, on average, you've driven about 120 to 50 times drunk before you actually get caught yeah which i know was probably approximately true for me um and anyone that i know that's gotten a dui was not their first time dabbling in that you know so i think henry ruggs you know he's 22 he's you know alabama i'm sure there he's you probably, go i was about to say that i'm sure he's yeah. probably gotten pulled over drunk and they let him go he's probably finessed a couple this you know so He's done it a few times, you know, and I, I just really, really hope and pray for him that, you know, he's able as a young 22 year old kid to just learn from this, you know, like I was able to, and this doesn't just ruin his career and his life. And he gets well, two years. I mean, he did kill somebody, you know, they're talking about jail time and stuff. So, you know, it's just a tough, it's a tough, tough situation. With Andy Reid's kid, he killed someone. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe perhaps these two guys would not have gotten in trouble if they wouldn't kill someone, but I got lucky too. So it's better to be lucky than good. I got lucky, you know, my dad, you know, we'll start, you know, my dad uh, would go ballistic, right? Smacking him back in the head. Oh, that, that milk class was on the edge of the table. 
right? And I would say, oh, I didn't spill it, but you almost did. So almost spilling it is like you did, right? Yeah. Right. And, and it's and it's better. Uh, I got told this by Charlie Chris, who's now running for governor of Florida. He told me this was he was a district attorney of the state of Florida. He said, Josh, good lawyers know the law. Great lawyers know the judge. Right. So a lot of people, and it's like the prosecution, right? A lot of people have gotten away with a lot of crimes because they know the judge, but you got to know where you're at. You're now in Vegas. Vegas, they don't care. <coughs> they get celebrities. They get people all the time. They, they're looking for the first Raider guy to pull over and put in jail to kind of say, hey, we're not letting you guys do whatever you want. We're the Las Vegas PD, right? And we got our own mafia thing going on, bringing in kilos from the cartel. <laughs> so we don't want that mess with while you're being crazy doing DUIs every five minutes, right? They want to create a buffer between that, right? Which they will do with no sports teams there. They've been doing for years and the sports team coming in. So now you're not in Alabama where Satan's going to get you out of it. And all you're yeah. going to have to do are gassers and sprints, right? You're now in Vegas. And you can't do this, right? See, we would have had that talk with him before. We would have made him apply to, for us to be his agent. And then we would have gave him that riot act, right? Yeah, and I, you know, with me, I, I was a high school basketball coach at 21 years old. So I knew once I signed that contract, I couldn't do that stuff because right. I'm representing the school, whether I'm at the school or off, off campus. You know, you're representing a lot of people, and Ruggs the same way. He's representing the Raiders organization, all the teammates, all the front office, everybody. And you you got to be smarter with what what you do on your off time. So, no, and the problem is, and you know, that's what <clears throat> I always say. You know, when we get off season, we'll get into the misses, but local political corruption, right? Because I I I. Because that happens, right? Where you get away with the corruption, da da da. But then you got different people that don't think the different way, and the the city becomes like Flint, Michigan, where they don't have a drink of water because of the corrupt local political corruption. In long term, there are really horrible effects on people where they end up going to jail, where they end up getting they might not go to jail, but they end up bankrupt and divorced, right? Because they thought that the party was going to last forever, and the party never lasts forever. There's always an ending to the party, you know, and uh, there's always some sort of long bat. So that's why I call Satan Satan, right? Because long term, those guys, man, they they all end up in trouble. Uh, LSU, when Jimbo Fisher and Satan won that national championship, remember the quarterback for that? He ended up being a quarterback for the Raiders. He ended up being a drug addict. Forgot that black guy's name, but the black that black guy was first round draft pick. Marcus Russell. Don't mark it. There we go. He got away with all that stuff, right? But now, <clears throat> long term effect, the guy's homeless. Eighty percent of players in the NFL end up uh, almost like Delonte West, right? They end up. Uh, with 
broke, right? They're broke. Their ass broken more broke than we are, right? Or we have a higher net, net worth than 80% of people who played in the NFL. And it's because of that. And it's because of this. They don't have someone saying, man, that was a dumb pick. You didn't do enough research versus it's bad luck, right? So a dumb pick, should have listened to Scott, was Arizona minus six. Uh, that, you know, it, that was a really a return to the mean game. Uh, they run the air raid. So the air raid, the quarterback and the receiver read what's going on. And uh, if a zone, they run across the field, like you saw Mahomes and their receivers do last night. If it's man, you go deep. But almost every team has playing, been playing zone. Uh, A.J. Green, right, from, Philadelphia, from Cincinnati. And that's the thing, too. Cincinnati loves players who can play, but they have mental problems, right? Your birth, you know, who have all the field problems, drug problems, whatever. They love them because they can play them cheap and get really good players. A.J. Green fits that, right? A.J. Green, uh, wide open in the end zone, forgot to read what defense it was. That's how bad that was, right? He forgot to read which de- – it wasn't that he read the wrong defense. He forgot to read what defense it was. Uh, what's his face? Actually, and I can see uh, Murray is smart. I guess that's why they have him. He's, he's smart. He – saw him go to the end zone, go run a vertical route. While they were playing zone, he's like, he read it wrong. He didn't even read it, but he read it wrong, but he's open. Let me throw it to him. So he throws it to him. He Because there's the other thing. There's a lot wrong that A.J. Green could have done on this. He reads the wrong. He doesn't even read what route it is. So you read the route, you look for the ball. He did not even look for the ball. He just, he just, he just got in the game. How does it happen, Chad? I know you were telling me about you wanted a screen run to you, but you knew what play they were running, and you were mad that they didn't run the play you ran. This guy didn't even, didn't even know the play. He runs. He doesn't even look to, for the ball. The ball yeah. bounces off his head for an interception. And uh, – Green Bay, which we're playing zone, just picks the ball at the end. And yeah, this is a crucial time in the game. That that's so that's three crucial time in the game. Did not read what defense Green Bay was in, right? And not uh, did not look through the ball. That's three mistakes. <laughs> Who knows what he was thinking? He was probably daydreaming. Hey, you're in, AJ. He just ran out. And then they snapped the ball, and he just runs out again. Ball hits him in the head interception. How does that happen? I, I, it honestly looked like he thought it was a run play. It looked like he was just running off the DB on a run play or something. Like, <laughs> right, right. I think he thought it was a run, and my, and, and what I saw, it looked like he thought it was a run. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how on the goal line you wouldn't get your head around. Right. I mean, you got to get your head around quick on on a goal line. I mean identify that back shoulder if you got a fade i mean you gotta get i mean he 
he didn't look like he thought it was a pass at all. He didn't think like there was zero possibility the ball is going to get thrown. I don't know right. how how that happens. Um, and that time of the game, uh, crazy. He might have had money on the Packers. Well, no, he's just dumb. He's always been dumb like this. <laughs> and that's why he was on Cincinnati. He's a great athlete. In Arizona, family-owned team. The Bidwells and the Browns, not much different. Uh, really, we may not necessarily win the game. Uh, Arizona lost it with the three turnovers and gave, uh, you know, Rodgers is smart. Gave him a short field, gave him a short field. They just had to dink and dunk death by paper cuts and by your own stupidity, right? So that was a dumb pick. Uh, I should have. You got to read um, read the man, right? Stan, when I first started working, old white man. Uh, didn't have to work, but he gave me really good advice all the time. He was like, you got it in life. You got to be able to read people, Josh. You got to read this team by week. Uh, you know, that's why Chad, Chad can explain to me the younger generation. It's kind of different than uh, Scott and I, because to me, that was a Saturday at AAA where I didn't want to work. And they said, everybody has to be here at 8 a.m. I'm like, why do I have to be there at 8 a.m.? We we're going to have a one-hour meeting, and we're paying you guys triple for this one-hour meeting, Saturday at AAA. Everybody showed up. It wasn't just me. Everybody showed up for that meeting on Saturday where we were supposed to have the day off. And the head guy says, I'm announcing that I'm gay. And there was an auditorium full of, like, 300 workers, and this, uh, you know, 280-pound African-American girl got up and said, what? We already knew you were gay. And you made us wake up and come here, pay us triple for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals, they all said they didn't want to play Thursday night. It's like, come on. This is not like even a regular job. This is a job where you're getting paid a lot of money to show up and play. They didn't want to play. And they showed they showed like they didn't want to play. Before we go to the next game, what are you guys' thoughts on that one? That one was complete. I I messed up on that one. So I lost. Yeah, here's what right. I'm going to say. Rogers is just like Brady. Do not give the guy an excuse or opportunities to win that game. Okay. He's, gonna, he's just going to win it. And yep. it's seven and one, and he's he's played out of his mind. Right. After the first game. He's played. He's played really well. So, that's yeah, I thought. think. I think. I mean, if you just, I, I was on the Packers, and then um, I switched last second on the podcast. I got. I kind of got thinking into the Cardinals. But yeah, I, I, I think this one is like, uh, like Scott said, Aaron Rodgers is is that guy, and um, you know that the the, the talent wise, the Packers are pretty similar to the Cardinals. You know, they're not. There's not a huge talent gap there, and giving seven points. I mean, that's a battle of a game um way too many points uh i i, I just think yeah i just missed it i mean the the, the pat you know and also scott dropped a great stat on um on the last nfl podcast you know saying that uh lafleur and aaron Rodgers without Devonta adams are six and oh you know um, undefeated which i mean tells you it's going to be they're going to keep it close so they're six and oh and you're giving me seven points yeah uh Totally, we just missed that one, man. We should have been on that one. With well, Scott. yeah, and then one one thing, podcasts, and really like in business, you have to listen, right? That's what guy gave you two ears and one mouth. So you sit back and you actually did a really good podcast with this guy, John Beethan, who's 
made me a lot of money, brought me a lot of business, really was mad at guy. You know, it comes, comes against me, good business contact, but we had a, a podcast and, you know, it was still his wisdom. And he's like, we called it, um, he called it, a talk he gives, uh, can I get a witness? It's about stopping, witnessing what's going on, right? And it was listening to Scott. Scott had great points on that. The other part of it is that minus six, minus seven wasn't too much because Green Bay did what the Green Bay does. It's a road game out of the division. They have a script for it, right? They're going to let you lose the game. Exactly. And up until that point, Kyler Murray wasn't turning the ball over three times. But that's the point. It's return to the meat. There's a spot before a bye week. A lot of uh, millennials and Generation X guys who don't want to play on a Thursday night. While Aaron Rodgers is on our age. Aaron Rodgers is old, really, same generation. He's like, okay, you have to show up to that meeting at AAA at 8 a.m. Because they told yep. you to, and that's your employer at this point. You don't have your own business at this point. You're working for AAA. You got to show up at a.m. AJ Green and all of them are like, now we're not showing up. We're I mean, go play. the thing with Rogers is, when is the last time you could recall him make not making the smart decision on the football field? Exactly. You can't. You can't. And that's the thing. And that's a competitive edge in a game like that. Exactly. Him and Brady are in a different (laughs) class because of that. They do not usually make the stupid mistakes on the field. When is the last time you've seen Aaron Rodgers pull a Carson Wentz and throw a pick six out of his end zone with his left hand? Never. 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 (laughs) You will never see him do that. Yeah. In another difference, that's why all the quarterbacks that physically they might wear down. But as long as they're just good enough, even your Philip Rivers, uh, they never, there's not a, a defense or a blitz you can throw on they haven't seen before. Same thing without Rodgers and Brady. You know, Zach Jones, all these young quarterbacks, Wilson, they're all calling timeout because, oh, I didn't see this in film study. I, I don't know how these guys are lined up. Timeout, right? Feels, of course, feels, well, no. I, I saw him against the Bucks before half. He's like, oh, I, I have no idea what this defense is. Time out. Yeah. And, and the he's always going to get you in the right play. What, what I'm in a fantasy draft, take Hurts, take a Cam Newton, leave me Rodgers and Brady. I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with that. I mean, because these guys just don't make mistakes. They just, right. they just don't. So right. whatever defense you line up in is the wrong defense. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, Atlanta. Uh, luck factor or bad pick? I'm going to call it luck factor because they were there at the goal line. 10-10, they're, you know, Carolina played exactly the way we, we thought they were going to play. Donald really didn't do anything. All their points, they pretty much got them off. Atlanta mistakes. Atlanta refused to go to Cal Pitts. They go to Cal Pitts. He's a mismatch. He's a combination of Julio Jones and Megatron, to quote the Miami uh, radio broadcast. Uh, I've been hearing that for really six, seven years since he got out of high school. 
Then I saw the second half against Alabama. Saw the second half again against Miami. He's a mismatch, especially in the red zone. They refused to go to him. Uh, so I, I think that was bad luck versus bad pick. What do you think, Scott? So I'll give you two, I'll give you two things. So not throwing the pits, first of all. Russell Gage plays 68% of the snaps, gets zero targets. Their number one wide receiver supposedly gets zero targets. And I think the Calvin Ridley stuff just threw them off. Just completely threw them off. Calvin Ridley's doing the right thing, getting getting what he needs to get. But I think they didn't see this coming. And I don't think it came until the weekend, Saturday, late Saturday, early Sunday morning. And I think that threw Matt Ryan off. Like, I don't have Ridley. What am I going to do? Who am I throwing it to? And he looked out of sorts. And he didn't even, against Miami, Pitts had a huge game. This week, this past weekend, nothing. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Ryan just did not have a good game at all. That's right. I think it's bad luck. That's what I think. Yeah. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I mean, definitely there were opportunities for the Falcons to cover two and a half points here um, (laughs) and win this game. So I think the luck, it's in there. It's not like the Falcons were just, oh, my gosh, we missed it so bad. We do have two loser teams here, right? Right. So we did take Falcons, you know, money line. Um, You know, I just think, you know, looking back at this game with these two loser teams, I didn't I didn't feel great about the Falcons money line, especially laying like 140, you know, 145 on a Falcons team, giving up a little extra juice. Um, you know, I think looking back, I just think when I have two shitty loser teams like this, I might just need to look and take the points. You know, if I could get the Panthers plus three and a half over a key number, I think you just kind of play, you know, because that's what I ended up doing here on uh, the, the the Rams game, right? The Texans, I was able to snag them at 16 and a half. Right. Eight. I snagged them at 18. Yeah, I covered that. And then I did the same thing on the Bengals. I took the Jets plus 12 and a half, I think. And it, it, it was able to get that just because I just was late well, getting stuff in. And I just, exactly. And I just said, you know what? I didn't get my bet in. I waited too long. I would have got the Bengals minus nine and a half minus 10, but I'm not taking the Bengals minus 12 and a half. There's just no way. Um, so I think if I applied that logic to this game, I would have been on the Panthers, the plus three and a half. And then, you know, maybe this is just a game. I don't need to even, we don't even need to bet the side because the under is just so nice. You know, we know they're not going to score. I mean, the un- I mean, this was such an under game. I mean, from the first, I mean, there, there was no right. way this game was going over such yeah. an amazing under game. You know, so I'm so confident on the under pick here. <laughs> Maybe we just say, screw it. I know this game's going under. These teams right. stuck. I'm not even going to pick a winner and just go right. one and zero. you know. So those are the two scenarios I think I could have been different on is just, you know what, let's take the points here. Two loser teams, close game. Let's take the points. Um, or just say, you know what, these two loser teams, let's just take this awesome under and screw the side on this one. that's my that's my that's my hindsight yeah the reason i i I do every game every side because it mitigates the luck factor yeah sometimes luck goes the other way and and here's another thing with atlanta how could you possibly bet them over a game with them over no you can't you can't do it either carolina too i mean this might be the two best under teams in the league right now yeah right so uh, on those because hey again 
almost around 60% of the betting philosophy that I have were things taught to me by those banana people at the uh, storage place I worked at. <laughs> they, would, they would take my cart, they would have a bag in it. They're like, Josh, turn the other way, go back inside the dump. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and one thing they said was you, you bet more on the side then you do the over-under. I've gravitated maybe the last three or four years to betting the same on each. And I've gotten a high percentage. But in a game like that, maybe that's a game where you say, I'm going to bet lesser on the side right, to keep my luck. Because really, Matt Ryan uh, leans over, right? It's 17-10. That game's over, right? The game, the game is done because... Carolina was not even moving it, right? The way they scored was a fluke. Atlanta scored four of them was basically what happened for the last score. Uh, but bet more on that under, because that under was 100%. I mean, yeah. and, I mean, you could see this coming because money, people get money wrong, right? Money is like a commodity. There's a great movie. With Alan Alda, Jennifer Aniston, Wonderlust. And it seems like a stupid movie, but Alan Alda has a great line in it. It's a funny movie, really. There's this hippie guy at the border, and, you know, like 10 cops jump on him, you know, and I laugh about that because you do see, yeah, you know, cops, cops overreacting, beating somebody up over nothing, right? Uh, you know, the hippie drops a joint at the border and there's 10 cops like beating him up. But Alan Alda says that, you know, money doesn't buy anything. The guy, I uh, forget his name. He was in uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's like, what do you mean money doesn't buy anything? Many, many you know, because he goes to a hippie com commune. And Alan Alda's like the head of the hippie commune. He says money does not buy anything. And Paul Rudd's like, what do you mean it doesn't buy anything? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe the love of money, you're being over, you know, over into money is bad. Hippie way is good. Maybe that's what you mean. No, money doesn't buy anything. And it's true. Money buys nothing. Money, when you exchange money for something else, it's a trade. You're trading money for something else. Money is a commodity, right? More important than money is your time. And literally, as an MBA, somebody's been three businesses, 50 million, right? All these meetings, money is time, literally from an academic standpoint, practical standpoint, money is your time. So if you're watching football and you're making money that you could trade for expensive purse for Anna or gasoline, right? You're doing the highest, best use of your time. Matt Rule, right? long way to get to Matt Rule. Matt Rule now thinking it through, right? They flashed money in his face. He went from being the supreme ruler of Baylor to being an employee of a maniac, but <laughs> David Tepper, hedge fund manager, who decides to make himself the owner, president, and general manager of the team. So now <clears throat> a hothead like Rule comes from being the supreme ruler. Maybe he thought he could hustle Tupper. So now they're having shouting messages over analytics, over Deshaun Watson, 
over uh, Tepper going to the media and saying whatever he wants, right? Getting whatever he wants as starting quarterback. He wants P.J. Walker starting quarterback. Tepper wants Darnold starting quarterback. So Rule has to start Darnold. For us, it's easy under, right? Uh, and lesson, right? Money isn't everything. He's happier making $3.5 million at Baylor and being the supreme ruler of Baylor than making $5 million a year with the Carolina Panthers. All right? So that's why they're such a disaster. In under 46, in Atlanta, should have beat them. It wasn't that Carolina beat Atlanta. It was that Atlanta lost that game. Uh, what my smart Detroit fans are telling me is that Detroit's tanking, right? And what they're using as evidence is they drive down to the Philadelphia Eagles, who aren't world beaters, five-yard line, and they decide, they decide to, instead of kicking a cheap shot field goal, giving some momentum, right, making a 17-3, they get the ball to start the second half. Drive down, touchdown, 17-10. What do they do? Goff dropped back and he throws it out of the end zone. <clears throat> and they know they have a bad offensive line. Uh, they had covered the last week. It says Philadelphia is so bad. I thought that it could maybe backdoor cover, keep the game under. And man, this game was an under game all the way till the end. Then this, then, then. Detroit starts to do their drive, and they drive up down the field to score the touchdown to make the game over after doing nothing uh, after tanking that first drive in the second half. I think it was a bad pick. I think I went to, again, went to the Detroit well too often. Uh, Philadelphia has more veterans, more to play for. And the actual over-under was bad luck because I was under all the way until uh, Detroit started to do their shenanigans. What do you guys think about that game? I hate Jordan Howard. I hate Jordan Howard. <laughs> Two touchdowns. I mean, Philly's not 44 points in, in a game good. I don't know what's going no. on in Detroit. I have no idea. Their last two home games, they basically haven't shown up to play, which is no. a problem, which is a problem. They go out to L.A. and they, they play a competitive game. So, right. um Detroit has some talent on offense. They just don't have receivers. They have Hawkinson. They have Swift. They have no receivers, and that's the problem. And they need you know, to get to Montana Brown a little bit more. They need to give him a chance. Yeah, and their defense didn't show up either. I mean, it, Philly ran up and down the field on them with the running game, not even the passing game. Hurts threw for 120 yeah. yards or whatever. I, I don't know. I can't figure Detroit out at all. I I just think it's going to be one of those. They're looking for a high draft pick in the NFL draft, and that's that's the reasoning you have to give with that. That that's the only reason I could think of to play at home and and to just lay down and let teams come in and, and just do whatever they want. Stuff, stuff. So bad pick, you know, bad pick. Bad pick. I, I agree. That was a bad pick. I felt it during that during the, the week. I mean, I thought at halftime they were getting really. I thought knew it was a bad pick when they didn't kick the field goal. I was like, man. They got they they hustled me on that one. What do you think, Chad? Uh, yeah, I I think we've been going back to the lines well a little too much. 
But I will say this, right? We always talk about teams not getting blown out two weeks in a row. And it worked for us, right? Lions got blown out at home three weeks ago. They went to L.A. We played them. They covered. So I will yeah, we say – go the other way. We have to go for I will way. be looking – if the Lions are getting double-digit spread this week right. coming, I will be looking to possibly play the Lions here because I do think that is a, a – a good thing to look at these are nfl guys that do have pride regardless if they're tanking or not they shouldn't get blown out yeah right right that twice in a row right i do think they're tanking um yeah i think i think that with the lions if you're looking to play them the rest of the year you gotta be getting at least seven points at least over a touchdown seven and a half um and yeah the under complete bad luck that game was under game all day I mean, I can't – yeah, that's ridiculous because I ended up going over. Um, so, we were right there. Luck hit us there. But, yeah, Lions, that, that was a bad pick. Not enough not enough points for them. And um, I think them playing so good uh, in L.A., you know, they showed some stuff, fake punt. They kind of showed up, played a bunch of their cards. Yep. Um, I think we should have looked at that more as, a, okay, here we go. They're going back home. They just kind of emptied their hand. And the Eagles are – you know, they, the Eagles have some talent. You know, they're not a uh, – you know – they're not, they're not, they're not in a complete rebuild this year. You know, um, they're the second best team in their division. Uh, you know, they, they could get some wins against Washington and New York and maybe end themselves up in a seven, six seed, you know, one of the last two wild card spots this year. So, um, undervalued Eagle, the Eagles for sure. A little bit. I don't, I don't think we gave them, um, you know, cause we were kind of high on them early in the year. They covered for us a little bit then then they kind of fell off. We've been fading and fading them. So I think we just it's undervalued and they're a little better than we had anticipated. And yeah, the Lions are 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 tanking. And uh so yes, yeah, that's all I got there. And I'm I'm gonna look at Philly a little bit more betting wise because they're in they're in a playoff position right, right now. They can get yeah. some wins here in the next three, four weeks. They can make yeah. the playoffs as a six or a seven seed. So I'm gonna look at them a little bit. There's an extra team in the playoffs too. You have to factor in. Yeah. 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 So who is going to be that last extra team who wants to be that last? I know. It's extra, a extra team, right? Because you don't want be travel cost. Yeah, you're going to be playing the Rams or the Packers or the Buccaneers in the first round. So I mean, Goodell, Goodell should get rid of that. He should he should say the NFL is going to cover the travel cost for the road teams. So that eliminates the cheaper owners, right, using that. As a factor, yep, to not want to make the playoffs for their fans who are overpaying for tickets. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. People overpay for tickets. People sometimes don't pay the rent or mortgage to get tickets to a game. Oh, I'll pay next, da, da, da. right? So fans are overpaying for tickets while they're their same owner, right? Every offseason. You read people, divorce settlements, right? And it's hung up. They're fighting for a year on who's going to get the season tickets to the Giants, right? The Giants have made the playoffs 20 years, right? Since Eli or whatever, since Tom Coughlin, right? Yeah. Establishing the running game. Hey, something else to throw out there, too. This is just uh, food for thought for moving forward betting. But so with that extra playoff spot, right, you know, that last wild card spot every year we see it. It's like there's like five teams alive the last game. You know, this team wins, this team wins, tiebreaker, you know, head to head, all that. So 
head to head is the is the first tiebreaker, you know, if, if you have the same record, but the second tiebreaker is conference win percentage. So something to look at too is like the non-conference games, you know, we always talk about the double digit division dog, but yeah. with this extra wild card spot, it kind of amps up like the conference game. So even though it's not a division game, you, an in-conference game, you might want to mentally maybe approach as a division game because that's the tiebreaker, the conference win percentage. So even though I have the same record, you know, or whatever, or I got the same record as someone in my division, we split one and one, we have the same record. The tiebreaker is the conference win percentage. It's just food for thought as you're thinking about the games and approaching them. Um, you know, those conference games do have some some value to them here. Uh, with, with, with that uh, being the tiebreaker, so yeah, because because you look at it like Dallas is playing Denver this coming week, they're gonna be very vanilla. Yeah, but exactly. when Dallas is playing Minnesota, Green yeah. Bay, they're gonna put their whole game yeah. plan in because they got to get that conference win just in yeah. case. Yeah, and, and and that 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 could be the tiebreaker for the number one seed if you have the same record as say a, a Rams. Or, did they play the Rams? Dallas. Yeah. No, they played the Chargers. Chargers, okay. So, yeah, he, he had the – you know, I don't know if they play this year or not, but the Cowboys, Rams, you know, they're both, you know, 13 and, and 4, 14 and 3. They didn't play each other. The one seed is going to be determined off conference win percentage. So, just, you know, food for thought when and you're going, handicapping the games. And going back to that Green Bay game, that's why that Green Bay one was huge for them because now they have the tiebreaker head-to-head over the, the Cardinals. Yeah, right. and now they got the conference win where Arizona got a conference loss. So if it yep. comes down to the number one seed, Green Bay gets it. Yep, and that was something that I was not really factoring into that game, which I wish I would have been. Right, and it's a road game too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to Arizona to match that, they're gonna have to win on the road in a conference game. Yeah. You know which is not a division game. So they have to say, okay, I have to hold something back in my back pocket for a division game. Yeah. We lost to Green Bay, Green Bay playing vanilla. I guess so we beat ourselves, met the enemy and it's ourselves. One game is pure luck. I was watching it. I'm like, oh, this is pure luck. If I win, pure luck if I lose. (laughs) Was the Colts and the Titans. Colts had it, right? Colts blew a lead, but I know they're going to blow a lead. Why? The owner does blow. Right? The owner, the owner was caught with a pound of cocaine and thirty thousand pills. <laughs> so what does that mean? He, and some that's what he pays for instead of backups. So his teams are going to wear down in the second half. I've won many a dollar betting against the Colts in the second half in Florida games where they don't have backups to come in and that he can play. He pays and more for his backups. backups give up a big lead. He <laughs> yeah, more for the backups lead. on the strip team than on his football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was caught with a girl. And this is what he got him in trouble, right? These guys really don't – I mean, it's, it's, it's bad, but now I understand it. These guys do not get in trouble unless there's a body involved. He gets pulled over by the police, and the girl was overdosing, so they take her to the hospital. And uh, she ends up dying in the hospital over an overdose. And it got complicated because she wasn't supposed to leave the hospital, Ursay took her out of the hospital, brings her back, 
she dies and it gets the punishment for Ursa was it became public. He he got uh probation and a fine. <laughs> Which if it was Scott uh Shatter, I would it would be a 30-year jail sentence. <laughs> you take a you take a drug addict girl prostitute out of the hospital, go party with her some more, bring her back and she's dead. Believe yeah, me. I would be in getting, jail for 30 years. We're getting first degree murder charges. So I should have known that the Colts were not going to hold a lead in the fourth quarter because they don't pay for backups, right? He's like, what, a backup? No, we're not paying that for that guy. Release him. Let him go to the Patriots, right? I mean, that's that's been a we'll constant for theme for the Colts all year, man. Late in games, they just... The oh, worst God, part of it is I know it. I predict it. I've made money yeah. off of it. Yeah. Um, this one, bad putt. What do you think, guys? Bad pick or bad luck? You guys got it right. You guys got the times. And the under 51, that game was an under game all the way, except they went for, into overtime. I just yeah. think it's tough because it was the second game between the two teams, Colts, right. Titans. The Colts desperately needed the win. They didn't want to go 2 0-2 against the Titans. Right. But they could not cover A.J. Brown. I mean, he just was, was – no a beast. Right. You couldn't, they couldn't cover him. Um, so he I think, threw a pass. Yeah. So I, I think everybody that says, oh, the Colts defense is pretty good is, is overrating their defense based on past performance. Yeah. They're not very good. They're I mean, good. Baltimore game showed it. Yeah. This game against Tennessee showed it. They're not a very good defense. And now they got a quick turnaround. They're playing the Jets who are coming off a huge win against Cincinnati. So I don't think there's going to be many adjustments that they make um, on defense. So, you know, they, they just got to gut it out. They need to beat the Jets Thursday night. I mean, they have to win. They have to win the game or they, yeah. they're, they're out at playoff contention as far as right. I'm concerned. So, um, you know, so I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't play a little bit better because of that. Um but I thought Derrick Henry was going to run all over him, and he didn't. And now we got to rethink a Tennessee Titans team who's going to be without Derrick Henry for a, for a while here, yeah. um, if not the whole season. So uh, I think Tennessee needed to, you know needed to get the win. They got the win. Now they're in control of that division by far, by far. Yeah, it's almost, division, I think. it's almost it's, over at this it's point. It's almost a lot. So, um, you know, I just had a feeling that the Tennessee would go in there and, and would beat the Colts because their defense is not as good as they – they've been advertised so yep yeah i think i just think the colts really are struggling closing out games um you know, they, yeah. they, i think they the rams there's a few earlier games in the year too that they you know they did a ravens this one there's a few earlier you know i just you know Tannehill outplayed wentz um dramatically you know and i i the colts defense i think scott hit on the head they're they're very overvalued right now but one thing i will say is i think the titans defense is figured it out and is coming up. You know, the Bills game was a was a big game, kind of shifting, right? They kind of came out with a different look. They really went to that nickel dime, right? Right. That was my boy, you know, Elijah Molden got the pick six in this one to take the lead. Um, you know, but that's really when they they started using him a lot more. And he did play throughout the year. He wasn't in packages, you know, they played Seattle, he was playing a little bit. Um, they were using him in packages, but now you're seeing they're in the nickel dime almost all game. Um, which they did against the Bills, very successful. They did against the Chiefs, very successful. And they had some good success again this week. Um, 
you know, so, you know, they're losing Henry. I'm liking what we're getting out of Tannehill, A.J. Brown. Is Julio hurt right now still? Yeah, the hamstring. And, and so any, any player from Alabama is hurt. Okay, so, you know, <laughs> hopefully they can get, get Jerry him Judy, back. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. It doesn't matter. If yeah. they're from Alabama, Satan has used his body for his purposes. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, once they get in the NFL, either playing or not, they're hurt. <laughs> Tua, Tua and Waddle both are. <laughs> they're from Alabama. They're hurt. <laughs> so uh, I will say that I I think the Titans' defense is uh, is definitely on the way up, um, and I think that offense is you know Tannehill's playing good. Receivers are good, and to get Julio back, you know they can maybe mitigate you know this uh, uh, Derrick Henry injury. I think you know just now Tannehill. You know we're gonna have to open it up a little bit. Um, defense, you know, keep doing what we're doing. Right. Style might change a little bit, but I still think right. they'll be very competitive and be a top team. I think they're a great team. I think Vrabel's doing a good job. Um, yeah, so – and then and then with the total, you know, I do think both these teams offensively – I think the Colts offensively are, are you know, they've been pretty good all year and that they have potential to, to score points and throw the ball around. You know, they can run the ball. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, he, he's looking like a specimen, man. He gets a swing right. He's, he's bopped popping something 30 40 yards every game um you know and then you know Pittman I work out with him on the offseason you know Pittman you know he gets great working with TJ Hushmanzada you know he, he really you know the last two years coming out of SC he's really perfected his route running and stuff like that Pittman's gonna have a long 10 you know year career in this league he's gonna be a top he's gonna be a stuff his dad did too in a small world I yeah. sold his dad uh, <laughs> 25 years ago I sold his dad maybe not that long ago it was uh, when, when I met Anna in 2002, 2003, I sold his dad a uh, cleaning franchise, Janneking, uh, that's owned by Terry Bradshaw. We had, they had pictures of Terry Bradshaw all over the office and even in the bathroom. So when Terry Bradshaw came to visit the office, they go, Josh, you want to visit? Uh, you want to see Terry Bradshaw? You want to meet him? I'm like, no, I have work to do. I see Terry Bradshaw every day. Yeah. <laughs> the pictures on the wall. But I sold his dad. His dad had uh, his his bicep was as big as my thighs. Wow. <laughs> he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, Pittman Jr., his mom lives in L.A., and he doesn't even know him. He doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. So. His real dad, his biological dad. Uh-huh. So when you see Pittman, that's what triggers triggers um he had this, this huge biceps. Yeah. You know, and the the rest of their receiving core, you know, they got TY Hill and Pascal. They they got guys there. So um I just think on that one, you know what happened to Mar- Mar- Marlon Mack? USF. Marlon. That's another guy, great athlete. He didn't know what play it was. <laughs> just killed the ball. Look at the hole and run. Uh yeah. they were trying to trade him. Is he still on there? And they yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not going anywhere. I just read something on uh, Roto World. He's not going to be traded. He There's did request to be. I did hear that he did request it because he was getting the number three reps behind Naheem Hines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe if he learned how to – at USF, he didn't know the plans. And, you know, that's why De'Aaron Johnson got as many carries he did because he knew what to do or which hole, which gap to run in. Yeah, he got nothing last – No, nothing. You didn't see the field. Last uh, last game, he, he's been Jonathan Taylor basically. Um, 
that with with Mac, he you know once they drafted Taylor, Taylor went off the second half of the year. As Chad said, he's a specimen, so you got to give him the carries. You have to, and it's yeah. at Marlon Mack's expense. Well, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor's from Wisconsin. Yeah, so that means he knows the running games, knows which hole yeah. to, to go yeah. into, so on and so forth. Well, something like that. You just don't. You don't. Ha- not many guys are that big with that kind of top end speed. It's just, it's just rare. I mean, yeah, what right. is he? He's got to be at least two thirty. I mean, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. He's a big, he's a big guy to have, you know, four, three, eight, you know, sub four, four, oh, linear speed. I mean, he just, he doesn't even have to make, he's a one cut and go, you know, make it a foot race and heal out, you know, if you get the angle, I'm only getting 40 or 50, but if not, I'm taking it all the way. You know, he's just, you you don't see that kind of speed um, in guys that big, you know, and when you, when you get that speed going, and you're that big, it's just that much easier to break an arm tackle, you know. Till is Till is a top five running back in the NFL. For yeah, sure. Hands down. For sure. So, yeah. I'll take him over Saquon Barkley, yeah. honestly. Yep. I agree. All right. So, then we come to uh, Mike White. Good call, Josh. Yeah. Well, it wasn't until I started seeing it in the first quarter where I, I saw that in my head that it wasn't uh, – it was, it was talent evaluation over the fact that I'm a fan of Mike White. And I'm rooting for Mike White to do well, uh, but he does he he does have that talent. He's a talented guy. <clears throat> the other thing is his teammates rally around him. Yes, He's that type of cool yes. guy. He has that natural leadership, positive guy. Everything he does turns to gold. Rich kid from Miami, you know, tall, cool, smart guy. You know what I mean. Yeah. And that, that's translated to the field. Uh, I did get the Jets in game when uh, I think it was 7 7. And then it was maybe 14 7. And I saw, I'm like, all right, I'm right about Mike White. Boom. It was like the Jets plus 12. You know, and had ballooned right before the game as well. Yeah, I got him at 12 and a half pregame. Yeah. So. Uh, but during the podcast, it wasn't sure, right? So it was Bengals minus 10, which I think is just really it's, 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 it's a bad luck factor because the game could have gone either way. Uh, it was, got wild at the end. You could have had a pick six the other way, and boom, you know, the Bengals cover. Uh, in that game... We got it right. We knew it. I knew Mike White had something because uh, he made it to the NFL out of Western Kentucky and he stayed in the NFL. So then I did more research. Now I got the inside. And we go back to the 12 degrees of separation, right? 12 degrees of Andy Reid. The offensive coordinator for the Jets is Mike LaFleur. LaFleur, right. The brother of Matt LaFleur. Exactly. Yep. And they all are with McVeigh in the ramp. Now, the offensive coordinator for your Kentucky Wildcats in the SEC is, a, is part of that gang. He was the uh, uh, offensive analyst. 
wide receivers coach for the Rams. So they run that same. So that offense is hot right now because you got the Jets, you got Green Bay, you've got uh, Cincinnati. Zach Taylor comes from those people, right? You got Greg Olson, and you got Andy Reid himself. That's just five guys are rallying off who run that same type of offense with some air raids sprinkled in, but they'll bring a tight end. They'll bring 22 when you're in the red zone. Mike White's got it. He's a smart kid. No, Mike White graduated from USF in two and a half years. He's a smart kid, right? But he has street smarts at the same time. He's, he's one of those guys. Uh, and it'd be interesting Thursday night. We'll have it for you tomorrow. We'll do some more research on that. On that game, uh, one game, game we got wrong. It, this game I had right the whole way. You guys had the Browns minus three. Was it a bad pick on your part, or was it bad luck? Bad pick from my my perspective. I think that Chubb coming back, he probably needed he probably needed this game to get his feet back on the ground again. Um. He only played 54% of the snaps, so that tells you right there in game that um, that it was going to be a very low scoring, low lowest scoring game than I even thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be low twenties, high teens, and, and was I think, what fifteen to ten or something like that? It was right, something like that. So um, there was Cleveland's receiving core is nothing because Odell is not doing anything right now. Him and yeah. Baker can't get on the same page, and even the other guys. I mean, Jarvis can't. Two drops and a fumble in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, catch those balls, you win the game. Yeah, the game was at Cleveland. Pittsburgh is, other than Najee and Deontay, who showed up, they're a struggling offense as well. So this game was going to be extremely close. And in that game, I think Pittsburgh just on defense has a little bit more than Cleveland. So I didn't look at those signs that were, were there. I just thought Cleveland would win the game. Um, and step up in the playoff picture in the AFC. And they didn't. They didn't. So we look at Cleveland for this week coming up for tomorrow night and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh as well. So I just think it was a bad pick. I think it was a bad pick on my part. That's why it's important to collaborate because now I am listening to you guys and listening. And listening just as audibly. It's also, you know, reading texts and emails. Carefully, with you guys talking about conference wins, that win Pittsburgh had in Buffalo is huge now, thinking about it from what you guys, based on what you guys said. Absolutely. The win Pittsburgh had yeah, on at the road. Buffalo, yep. and then that loss Buffalo had at the Titans, which was really rough in field. <laughs> Those calls on Monday night are very, very – you know, uh, give you a clue of what Goodell's thinking for marketing reasons. He just does it for the money. Uh, so Pittsburgh now. Well, now that you say that, Tennessee's the number one seed because of that win. Right. And Buffalo's the number four seed because of that loss right, right. now. Right. Those losses. Mm-hmm. Both of those losses, exactly. Right. Now, but now they lose Derrick Henry. So. It's going to be interesting going for Tannehill's horrible without a running game. 
I think you're going to see Buffalo and Tennessee switch. I think Tennessee's right. going to drop to the four and Buffalo's going to get up to the number one. Right. Because right. you, you, you can rule some teams out already for even like Kansas City, not probably not going to get there because Buffalo beat them. So that's right. a tiebreaker. Kansas City's four and four right now. So, but my, my feeling is, is that I don't think Vegas is going to get the number one seed. I don't, Baltimore is in the mix, but I don't think they're going to get the number one seed. Yeah. So I think Buffalo and Tennessee are going to switch to one and the four. I think that's what's going to end up happening. So. It's funny. I hate to think of the manipulation, but uh, Kansas City's a rich fan size. Heinz family. Dynastic family, right? Uh, they got the guy who's Secretary of State on the Democratic side got him nominated. He's married to the era of the Heinz family force. So they don't care. They're, they're willing... To they afford to play a road playoff game, <laughs> yeah, they don't mind it. They got the money to play a road playoff game versus Cincinnati. Kate's doing that. That's one of the reasons Marvin losing Marvin Lewis got fired because he was getting road playoff games, playoff games, not home playoff games. A consensus was Pittsburgh on that one, though, right? We got that one right as a podcast. I was oh, on yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was on the uh, ground. So, yeah, the uh, only on the Pats, really the Pats we got right because the Pats kind of the the line did balloon a little bit. La, the, yeah, what, we got, the what was the over under in that? It, See, it, I live. I think that was a bad pick. Yeah, I ended up live betting that one after the first. They scored a touchdown really quick. Chargers went up seven zero. Right, first right. Yeah, so I I bet under fifty four, and I was able to hit that. Okay. So, but yeah, the 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 the, the pregame was forty nine. So it went just over that. I think it hit 51 or 52. Yeah, yeah my, 51. Yeah, my, my uh, uh, the proxy was still in Vegas was getting plus five at the win. And then online, I got uh, plus seven and a half live betting when uh, Chargers scored a quick touchdown. Right? And what I thought would happen exactly happened. Uh, Herbert was going to airmail one in New England, got it, but instead of New England, uh, the guy didn't follow Belichick's orders and just go down. He actually took the ball and did a pick six. Belichick was like, go down, go down, all okay, kid <laughs> <laughs> He's like, go down, go down, oh, ah, oh, down, touchdown. You know, but, the, but the thing with that is the Patriots have the Chargers number. But they just do. Chargers can never beat the Patriots. So, <laughs> again, I should have saw that, seen that as well. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, Herbert has had his two worst NFL games probably against the Patriots. And Patriots don't lose against young quarterbacks. Young quarterbacks, because- yeah. They, they come out in a different defense every time. The Patriots are a zone team, but Belichick to switch man to man in a second. Oh no, no doubt, no doubt. You know, what I mean? so no and doubt. then and then that's what happened. He thought it was man. They ran a little air raid. The receiver gets confused. Herbert airmails it right. Boom! That's the interception. That uh, turns the tide and turning Zach, uh, you know, turning his uh, quarterback loose. So, well, the charges, as Chad said, the charges go to, and you said the charges go down the field, they score the quick touchdown. I'm like, all right, here we go. Char- you know, charges are gonna, 
They're going to win this game by a touchdown, as, as said on the podcast uh, last Wednesday night, and it didn't happen. And the charges just – the offense just – Mike Williams didn't show up. The Patriots just choked them off on offense. And, and you know – And that's the thing, too. This, this, and I think it hit the Chargers hard this time. Cheap. They didn't replace Melvin Gordon. Nope. So they didn't have a running game to take a little bit of the pressure off Herbert and kind of sit back and kind of go through his progressions and see what defense ability has dialed up for him this time. And then he lost the security blanket from last year too, Hunter Henry. That was another guy he relied on time and time again. Literally, that was the difference in the game too, that, yeah. that his young quarterback could throw the Hunter Henry and Herbert Curtin. Right, exactly. And exactly. I, you, now that I get older, I really understand those possessions where you just bring in an extra tight end, you bring a fullback, and you do a Coughlin, right? You, you establish a running game or Parcells. Three rushes, you get a few yards, whatever, you punt. But what that does, it, it settles your quarterback down. Right, it gets him out there, it gets him looking at a defense, but he knows it's a run play. Take that read of play. Say, I'm going to take this read away from you, just this one drive, so you can kind of get your bearings right, kind of look at the safety and kind of measure them in your brain without actually being a live play where you're going to throw at him. Really, right? One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Peyton Manning, would do that on every single play, yep. Yep. whether it was going to be three runs in a row or not. He identified your mic and he identified your your strong safety. And the other thing I I firmly believe on the charges is if they go up against a defensive coach like a Harbaugh, like a Belichick, right. Herbert's gonna struggle. He's just gonna struggle. No running game. No, right, exactly. Or exactly. running back who can make uh, you know, you all, all you need is 3.5 yards each time for a first down. So you need a running back who yep. can make 3.5 yards up by his own without any block, be able to make the first guy miss. And then the, the second guy that tackles him, he falls forward for at least three yards, 3.5 yards. And that's not Eckler. Eckler is not a guy that can go in between the tackles and get the tough yards when, when no. needed. It has to be a good, well-designed play. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I got – I don't know why I did this. So this is a bad pick on my part. Saints, Tampa Bay under. That game was going over any way you cut it. I think I try to be too smart. I smart myself overthought it. But usually the first game is under and then say, but this is post-COVID. Guys don't want to play. We don't have the depth we used to have. You can't make players do in a grown way. You can't make players do things to kind of toughen them up and give them stamina like you would in the previous So all these games are going on, including this one. Yeah, but how, James goes out, Trevor Simeon comes in. I'm like, all right, the under's going to hit because Trevor Simeon is, a, from what I remember, Denver was not a very good quarterback. So right. that Tampa Bay secondary, man. Yeah, they're awful. Horrible. They're awful. Horrible. horrible. And that was a big reason I, I took the over in the first place. I just figured Tampa's going to score and – you know, with, I mean, my, my, I was, you know, I was banking on Jameis, but I, I mean, I thought the Saints would be able to score on Tampa Bay. 
And Simeon, I always liked Simeon. I liked Simeon in Northwestern. I really did not think he was that bad at Denver. He was, he just had bad coaching, bad line. That exactly. He's he's in the system now where Peyton is is a quarterback guru. Right. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at Jameis. Jameis is, was great. Right. You know, Taysom Hill's a, a, a serviceable quarterback. Simeon is has looked a lot different in that one half than when he did in Denver. So. No, uh, Sean Payton lives and breeds offensive coaching. I saw him at a restaurant once. He was in Tampa's uh, spaghetti factory, and we see celebrities or whatever. And I was they brought me in to help manage because they liked the way I managed my restaurant. So they brought me in to manage, and Sean Payton's there. Never talked to him or whatever, and he's like this, that, whatever. You know, went over there, this, that. <clears throat> His wife and his daughter left. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, you watch football? You like football? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm a big football fan. And he starts drawing up a play on a napkin. This guy lives and breathes football 24-7. I didn't know him from Adam. And he's sitting there drawing up plays. And then I listened to him this week, read about him. He's like, the way he has it, this is how detail-oriented he is. And this is why he won a Super Bowl. Uh Simeon is his in-game replacement. Tyson Hill is his replacement if he has a week to prepare for the game. He guy has 1,200, 2,000 plays in his head, plays that he has for each game. He's not going to use any other games. So the film is useless, right? Film you have on the Saints are useful because you're not going to run the same play twice in a year, right? Yeah. So he had all his plays set up for Tampa Bay if Simeon had to come into the game. Simeon fits him, right? Because Simeon's a graduate of Northwestern. You have to be smart to go there. It doesn't mean you're football smart. This guy, he's like uh, Mike White. Not only is he academically smart, but he's football smart as well. Mm-hmm. It's like people who are book smart aren't necessarily street smart. <laughs> and people who are street smart might be horrible academically. And there's some people that are both, right? I'm neither. I have to work hard for the thing I get. <laughs> you know, I, it's a, uh, <clears throat> to that end, uh, I saw the Saints covering. Did you guys pick Tampa Bay? Was it bad pick or bad luck? I don't know if I think I don't think it's either. It's 50-50. I mean, it wasn't like the Bucs were blown out. They could have won that game by a touchdown. You know, they were in it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that was that game played back in the Superdome? uh, That was back in New Orleans, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was in New Orleans. How how many games have they been back there for now? I think this is that was their second, I want to say. Second? Okay. Okay. I knew they were going to get the whistle. They got the benefit of some good calls. So, you yeah. know, the drive was over, then the late flag, uh, phantom call. <laughs> but it's because of the flood they had there. They had anything that has a natural disaster. I hate to say this. People are, oh, you're being conspiratorial. I don't care. I'm making money off of this. Uh, and I did it last Sunday. Anything that has a natural disaster. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, a lot of people that know me start texting me. Hey, man. I wanted to make sure you know that that uh, there was a hurricane come through here. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> we're gonna get the calls this weekend. <laughs> so that was a hurricane. The hurricane went through there. They had flooding issues. They had George Floyd issues. They got Kosha O fired, right? It's funny what gets people fired, right? It's the old everybody's out to get you. We're all trying to break you. Coaches being fired over uh, social justice issues rather than the performance of their teams. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or sexual improprieties or whatever. Sexual improprieties have uh, taken a backseat to social justice, right? right. Getting coaches fired. <laughs> <laughs> they're coaches. They're not priests. They're football coaches. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, Tampa Bay was not – and Brady being conservative, even though he took shots at Trump, Trying to get refs calls during the offseason. <laughs> uh, it still be uh, remember they replaced a white quarterback for for this stuff. Uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees got in trouble during the George Floyd. I mean, come on, Drew Brees, you're not a politician. George Floyd's going on. Don't get on TV, man. This is not. He's another guy that needs to be advised by us. We would stay off the TV. Don't grant any interviews. Anything you say will and can't be used against you, regardless of what you say. It might be the most innocent thing you say. Don't go on there. Let's see. I'll sharpen them with you. <laughs> or, or bring in Thomas, right? Bring in Thomas and say, hey, I'm not saying anything. I'm going to let my receiver talk right now. Uh, so, yeah. So, for those reasons, um, and I was right. Yeah. Uh, they got these phantom calls, you know, to extend their drives. Remember Brady again, Brady was all over the rest. Brady, Brady wasn't having it. <laughs> Brady was arguing with the rest after every call. Yeah. You know, he even said it was going to be a tougher game than, than the normal game because the saints on defense do a great job at, at disguising a lot. So, right. You know, I should have known that. Listen to Brady. <laughs> He, yeah. he knows, so, you know, yeah, yeah. I just think now, that. Then we go to Dallas, Minnesota. Uh, we got it right consensus-wise. And then the Chiefs, Chiefs minus 10. Uh, for what Chad said before the podcast, now that I'm thinking about it, I should have gone with the Giants. I don't know. It, it, that game could have gone either way. If Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over, he can't predict turnovers he doesn't turn the ball over it's it's Colts minus or the Chiefs minus 10 all day yeah but he did turn the ball over and the rest did give him the benefit of the doubt that um determined their victory so I would say by a hair it was a bad pick I should have gone uh, just the opposite of the theory right home dogs on Monday night win 80 percent of the time the opposite is a big favorite on Monday night, right? We've kind of Chad kind of hit down on that. Big favorite Monday night, going against a dog coming from the number one major market in the United States. Maybe they're going to cover, or maybe they're going to be their best self. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> I hate that cliche. I'm going to be my best self. Which the original quote, <coughs> this is what we're using here, it's Renee Descartes. A life left unexamined, not worth living, which left to the major psychotherapy people that Anna's in, 
but I think it was Foucault who said, your authentic self. Not necessarily your best self, because if your best self is the biggest asshole ever, your best self is like really, really bad. So I think it's your authentic self will be good, right? Do what's best for yourself and for those around you. What do you guys think about that last? Monday night, the Chiefs, minus 10. We all went minus 10. I was wrong because I should have done what, what Chad was thinking about, which is the opposite, right, of what's it? It's in alignment with using the same logic. It's just the law opposites in math that if the home dog covers a Monday night 80% of the time, the road double-digit dog from a major market is probably going to cover a high percentage of the time. So, bam, for that, many other reasons, we'll go Giants plus 11 because we'll take it off the key number because they're a loser team. Well, and <laughs> we I, get Tony penalties. I think, too, that, you know, like, it's it's the home dog on Monday night. You right. know, not not like with, you know, no not a double digit. It's just any home dog on Monday night is 80%. So, I think a double-digit dog, regardless if it's home or away, Right. It's kind of like a double-digit dog in the division, almost. You right. know, it's a uh, it's a prime time. Although it is out of the, it's out of conference. Um, you know, it's still that Monday night prime time. You know, where that home dog, regardless of conference, right, is eighty percent. So that double-digit dog, regardless of conference, is probably going to be eighty percent too. Right, and I think pride has to get in it because I think part of the double-digit dog in the division, the other team knows you've been studying them all summer. So they're like, you've been sending us all summer, you know, and this is an important game to everybody in the league, and we're still going to come and blow you up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is an extra edge in that game. On top of the fact they did study them all summer, and they know uh, the tendencies really well of that other team. Or else they're I, probably going to get fired. They're going to get cut. I just think you got to relook at the Chiefs. If, they get, if they're given 10 – Depending on who the team is, I mean, if it's a, if it's a one and seven, if it's a Houston Texans, okay, I can see the ten. But you got to relook at the Chiefs now. They they they're not blowing teams out anymore. As Chad said a couple of pods ago, this is not the nine two thousand nineteen two thousand twenty Chiefs. So right. I, I think you really got to relook at exactly who they're playing, where they're playing, situation. I don't think Mahomes is right. He's throwing yeah. side on. There's something with his shoulder that just and nobody knows. Right. Yeah. Deep balls. He's throwing side on almost the whole game. He's not throwing downfield basically. And every time he throws downfield, the ball is ten yards overthrown, underthrown, out of bounds, whatever. So, you know, yeah, you're I'm, not seeing that super deep bomb to Tyreek Hill. You no, Tyreek had 12 or 13 catches last night for 93 yards or something. Right six seven yards a catch he had and i think to what they do to to piggyback off scott you know the the 2019-20 chiefs i mean even last year 2020 the chiefs you know were a heavy favorite in a lot of games they didn't cover even going to the super bowl in 2020 they weren't a great team against the spread especially in the second half of that season their last eight games i think they were like two and six against the spread um so you know, just taking that with the Super Bowl team and in consideration they're not that team this year, I think with big numbers with the Chiefs, you really, really got to be, you know, 
you know, looking to go the other way because I just any, anything on the other side of the seven and a half of a touchdown spread this year is just, yeah. you know, I don't think the Chiefs are only going to, I mean, I think they're only going to cover that over a touchdown, maybe 25% of the time. I think you're 75% going the other way when the Chiefs are giving up seven and a half points or more. So, I mean, you got to look, there's no NFL team with the big spread that is a lock to cover that. The Rams didn't cover against the Lions. Right. Houston, he, um, they didn't cut. Did they cover against Houston? It depends when you took it, right? The yeah, opening line, they won by 16. So if you got the Rams at 14, when we told you early in the week, <laughs> you hit them. If you played the middle, like we told you, you went 2-0 and because I got <laughs> right. 16. I had Rams minus 14, uh, Texans plus 16 and a half and hit the yeah. middle. Yeah. And Detroit covered against the Rams, but they didn't cover. I mean, you just got to look at the spreads now. I mean, it's not like the, the 2007 Patriots who were 20, 15 to 20 point favorites every game. It's not, you know, it's not like the Chiefs that were huge favorites in 2019. You know, so you just got to look at these huge spreads and, and take into account where they're playing the situation. So, yeah. Right now, and, and take a step back and listen, right? And then uh, the other podcast, I'm going to put it in the beginning now for people to take notes. And right? getting the one best. One of the numbers. audits were like, oh, I took Houston plus 15. And I said, well, listen to what I said. Yeah. I said, I'm going to wait till kickoff time, yeah. half hour before kickoff time to see how that line balloons. Yeah. Right? I thought it was going to balloon to 21, 22, the way yeah. it passed. You attended that last week. You thought it was yeah. going 20. I mean, you could have got, on, on my betting, I, I could have got 17 and a half for minus 130. Texans plus 17 and a half right. minus 130. Right. You know, which is, I mean, which is number. Yeah. And if you were sad the fourth quarter, it was 38 to nothing. You were like, damn, I took Houston, then I covered it. And then all of a sudden, they yeah. just turned the light on and 22 points. Yeah. So, and right. that's yeah, good. Getting the best of a number is is crucial, you know, because you know Vegas, they do know, like you know, they're gonna be, it, they are, they're they're very, you know, accurate. So getting, um, you know, the the one or two three points of the best number, um, you know, you're gonna be, that's, that's gonna affect five percent of your bets, you know. That's gonna be the difference between going sixty and sixty five. Is just getting the best number. Oh, yeah, big time, big time, so, and doing and doing the Hawthorne effect, and. It doesn't even matter whether it's sports betting if you're doing it online or if you're in Vegas. You know, you're either going to go uh, the Bellagio, uh, Win Encore, Caesars Palace, Westgate, right? Or South Point. A lot of the professional guys love to go to Westgate, but the lines are crazy, right? And you don't get treated as well as you do the Win Encore. But uh, especially during the NCAA tournament, last time I was there, I would look at my tickets. I would have 20 tickets, and five were from the Mirage, five were from Caesars Palace, 10 from the Win, and two from Westgate. <laughs> and on the way out to Vegas, you go to the different places to cash your ticket. But even Anna, Anna, there's some things she buys at Costco, other things she buys at Target, other things she buys at Ralph's. Other, you know what I'm saying? You always have to shop for the best of the numbers, regardless of whatever you're doing. Car insurance, whatever, it's the same thing. You have to 
chop for the best number in timing. Now we have these inflated prices on iconic gift uh, Christmas gifts. Do you get the best of the number after Christmas sale? Black Friday, right? We all know to get the best of the numbers, the same thing in sports betting. It, timing is everything, right? Timing is big in sports betting because time, again, is a scarce asset. If time, time is more important than money, right? Just like health is more important than money because time, you can't get back, right? You can't get back all these days when we're watching football, <laughs> Right. So you, especially with the way we're simplifying it for you. Right. It's on you and it's on us to make a profit watching football. We pretty much clinched. Right. Having profit for the football year. Now we're growing, we're improving. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. So now we're growing. The next level for us is to keep that streak of eight straight weeks of profit. And then as we do that simultaneously, increase the margin between 52.5% and get it up to 70, 80%, which from 80 to 100, probability theory, math tells you our luck factors, right? So we're getting it right there. Hawthorne effect is a big part of that. All right, closing words uh, as we get into next week, a service we provide on the podcast is we make people look good in Thanksgiving parties and dinners. Uh, we look ahead. <laughs> To Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving games are going to be, it's kind of fun for me to kind of look ahead into. That Detroit game will be a barn burner on Thanksgiving. I'm just telling right, you. Right, right. Oh, the, the Bears and the Lions. That, oh, this isn't even a line out already. It's, it's the over under 44. Lions plus four. Lions quarterback advantage or Justin Seal. Then the Raiders and the Cowboys may or may not be a good game, depending who's hurt, not hurt. Well, that, that now, the Raiders be- not going to get any calls. They were going to get calls for the stadium, not, no calls because of the DUI situation. That could be two division leaders at that time squaring off. Right. Possibly. And the Bills and the Saints. That should be That's going to be a good game, too. Yeah. That's going to be a good game. Over under right now is 47. Take take the over. Take the uh, over. <laughs> three weeks ahead of time. Yep. <laughs> Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. It's gonna go up. Right. But we're gonna make people look good. Yeah. Going in to Thanksgiving dinner and the days with their family. All right, closing thoughts on Hawthorne effect. That thought was really good. Again, it cleared my mind and kind of I had to confront myself on 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 uh, unacceptable thought process. Right, you don't want to like grow because it bleeds into your business life, everything else. Final yeah. thoughts before we get tomorrow's big podcast. So, two two thoughts on my part. One is things are starting to become in flashing lights right. in terms of teams, trends, and all that other stuff. Right. Secondly, goes out to the people that watch this podcast. 
listen to the podcast, listen to the process we talk about, listen to everything, and then listen to our picks. And then you make your, you, you know, you make your own decisions whether you agree with us or disagree. But right, you know, we're pretty good on the unanimous picks. We're pretty good in the unanimous picks. We, we've hit a lot of those on the spot. Eight and no, yeah, on the money spontaneous. line. Spontaneous. We don't talk to each other yep. about it. Yeah, no. Spontaneous money line pick of the week. Eight and no. Last yep. week it was Dallas. Yeah. So those are my. That's my thoughts. Just yeah. uh, listen and uh, listen to the process that all three of us go through. And for me, man, I just it's a nineteen and ten week for me. Nice. I, I couldn't ask him. Give me that. <laughs> a couple, I had a couple good stuff swing my way. Like, you know, the Jets, I ended up taking the Jets plus 12 and then, uh, you know, ended up going Houston plus 16 and a half, got that middle, um, and then was able to live bet that Chargers-Patriots game, got it at 54 and hit that, so a few key things. So, I mean, great week for me, uh, just under 60, 66%. Um, so, I'm just yeah. trying to keep it rolling, man, and uh, – Let's just have one more, one more the other way. Boom, you're at 70%. Yeah, man. Just trying to, trying to, uh, 65%, man. I think we can consistently be there every week. So, um, you know, that's my goal. And I just want to, I want to, you know, consistently hit 65% every week and then just prove to everyone that it can be done. And, you know, we've been doing it so far. So, yeah, listen to the podcast. I've done it. I've actually done better, but it's been different circumstances, different years. Every year is different. So I want to get to those, to those, those years where, I did, but you know what? I wasn't, sometimes you get smarter through hard work, right? And then really confronting yourselves. Now I know those years I did better, that there was a lot more luck factor <laughs> versus the fact that I actually knew what I was doing. <laughs> right. There was a lot more luck involved than, than what I thought, right? Now I know that there, you know, the luck factor is real. Yeah, right. if you want to make some money, listen to it. We're doing, you know, our process is really, really good. So people should be listening to us and taking our process into account when they make their bets. So yeah, and I've chosen the profit. And try to find another podcast that comes on and, and tells you every pick they got wrong. Right. You know, the, this is right. where we sucked and we're dumbasses and <laughs> right. exactly. lost you your money and right. and because we're trying to better it, you know, and that, that just shows, I think the, the authenticity and the transparency, you know, that is unique to what we do here that I right. don't think you, I mean, I've listened to 20 of 30 other sports betting podcasts and I haven't heard that on any of them. So and that's why we're doing it. We're giving some, something different and new, right. So we can all kind of move forward because providing a good product like this, for free, other than your time, it isn't free. You have to take the time to listen, sometimes to re-listen, to take notes, right, to get the full effect of it. But man, it, it you know, it creates a great community of really smart, intelligent, cool people that you learn from, and then you move forward yourself. So thank you, you make, for everybody. If you want to make money, you got to put the time in to make the money. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, the, exactly. that's the key. So, all right. So we always close with Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the SBC podcast. That's why this one goes cost $800. And that goes to it. And I don't know what that cost. I'm just shaking the word.